Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to Wrestling's Wicked Up Was. I'm the man O'Brien, co-editor of ProWrestlingPowerhouse.com, coming to you like I always do from the land down under Sydney, Australia. But today, and from now on, I'm not going to be alone. Yep, this was a surprise that I was planning to reveal, well, two weeks ago, but obviously technical woes have prevented that from happening. So what better way to, but what better way than never to announce the newest addition to Wrestling's Week that was... PWP, my PWP co-editor and a good friend, Aaron, uh, oh, Aaron I'm, I'm going to try and say your name, but I think I got it wrong. Aaron Radamanov. That's close. That was pretty close. Ah, oh, man. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I think it's going to be a, a week-to-week kind of progression trying to get it. <laughs> Aaron, you're wrestling. Hello? Hello, Joel. Oh, yeah, can you hear me? Uh, I'm trying to cut out a little bit, but it's all right. No, that's a bit weird. Uh, yeah, h- how are you doing today? Are you ready to talk a ton of wrestling? Well, that's uh, that's the plan, I guess. You know, um, I'm ready. I'm ready to be here. Hopefully we can, uh, you know, do this every Saturday and, uh, you know, move along this, this pirate ship here. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. If we could... Uh, can can you tell everyone uh, a little bit about how you got into pro wrestling and uh, how you ended up writing for Pro Wrestling Powerhouse? Well, before I uh, got to Pro Wrestling Powerhouse, I did a bunch of you know local blogs, like you know my own stuff, and I eventually just stumbled across uh, some of the cross Pro Wrestling Powerhouse. I was a reader, um, so I just you know saw at the top it said write for PWP, and I said, hey, well, hey, I write a blog, so well, why not you know just see what happens? I sent in uh, an application. Uh, Joel Aletto, of course, our owner and founder, um, accepted me. I slowly moved my way up the ladder, and, uh, you know, in only a matter of a couple months, I was uh, named co-editor with you, of course, and, um, you know, I've been here for about, I think, I've been here since February, so uh, almost the whole year. Fantastic. Yeah, it's it's been a really, really, really great year for the site as well. We've got a ton of new ton of new writers. Now it sounds like every single week we've got someone joining the team. And that's just, just very encouraging. They always have some fresh blood and some fresh perspectives on pro wrestling. That's one, one great thing about what we do. There's always tons of perspectives on pro wrestling. It's always different. Everyone's uh, liking certain things or disliking certain things. And, and when they're articulate and they can write their words down on, uh, in an article or in 500 words or less, it's always fantastic. So yeah, th- thanks for joining Aaron. And hopefully we're going to have a bit of fun today and, and from here on in, especially leading to WrestleMania uh, next year. So, uh, but with all the introductions out of the way, we're going to be with you for the next hour, hour and a half, probably a little bit more hour and a half this time around talking all the news uh, matches and angles coming out of the week that was only on Pro Wrestling Powerhouse Radio. As I said at the start of the show, we have a ton to cover today. Um, our Survivor Series main event now has a stipulation added to it. Is it best for business? Uh, but we'll, we'll definitely give you the answer here on a Wrestling's Week that was. 
The impact of uh, last week's WWE financial numbers have been widespread, and uh, Aaron is here today to give us a complete rundown of what it all means. Uh, SmackDown and NXT have uh, shifted uh, uh, time schedules, and we'll be discussing the impact of that. But uh, as always, we'll be talking Raw, Main Event, NXT, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, and so much more. Uh, but just, if we're, just remember that we are all on, on iTunes as we speak. So if you're looking for a practical way to help this show out, uh, uh, subscribe to the PWP Network via uh, iTunes. It's simple. It takes only one click to stay in touch with all uh, of our great weekly audio content and it helps us out immensely. So uh, go on to iTunes, click on the PWP Radio Network button and subscribe and keep up to date with everything we've got. So, Aaron, the big news of the week. It sounds like uh, Vince McMahon made a huge announcement on Raw that uh, Survivor Series is now going to be have the stipulation that uh, uh, if the authority loses, there's going to be no more authority. Now, is this a is this a stipulation that's going to be uh, adhered, adhered to? Are we going to see the, the breakup of the authority at Survivor Series uh, because the WWE Network's free and we need something big to happen? Or what's your thoughts on it? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, Oliver Norgrove, uh, you know, fellow PWP writers put it best that the authority angle has kind of gotten a little stale. Uh, it's kind of run its course. Um, we've, I think we've been going through it for almost two years now. So, I mean, to think about it like that is kind of interesting. And I think, you know, like you said, I think they're just adding the stipulation to kind of get some buzz around the network, get some buzz around Survivor Series, because I heard that. Uh, apparently, Survivor Series ticket sales aren't really too great right now. They still have about four to 5,000 tickets available, which um, if you think about that as far as an arena that only seats about 15,000, that's kind of a big chunk of the arena that's going to be empty. So I think they realize that they have to add something to this match. Um, I think we kind of spoke about it off the air, about you know the Cena and authority angle kind of coming out of nowhere. Um, but I think this is a nice little addition. I think this kind of – this situation definitely – um, for me personally, uh, I think we'll see Triple H maybe join that team or his team authority. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things we could see. There's still, you know, three uh, empty slots for both sides. So, you know, there's a lot that could happen. I, yeah. I, I, all, I think all really, really needed to take to, to, to get the authority angle going again was just to add some new members, some fresh new faces, some fresh new perspectives, Like, because oh, Seth Rollins is the focus, but what they really needed was some, was some new characters, and they kind of stuck with the same tight and true members. And, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think I think it could be a one big massive tease. I don't know if the authority is going to go anywhere. I Yeah, because the impending presence of Brock Lesnar uh, – you know, maybe costing uh, Team Cena in the match. I'm not sure because obviously we know that John Cena's got uh, uh, Brock Lesnar in his sights for the World Championship come, coming down the line. And what a way to kind of uh, get everyone to tune into the network by having the surprise return of Brock Lesnar to cost uh, Cena what it what means to him most. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot lots up, up in the end. There's still a lot, lot to be discussed. But um, yeah, let's get into the top news of the week. Obviously, you know, as the as uh, the, uh, the shows that we're going to get into progresses, we'll definitely probably bring it up here and there. But uh, the top news of the week from now on is going to be sponsored by CoolNewsWrestling.com, which is our, our uh, wrestling news website affiliate, which has been set up by our owner Jay Letter and run by by Aaron. So, Aaron, give us a rundown of these uh, of the news of the week. Well, um, you know, 
the, the top thing that we were going to cover last week, we're going to be bringing over this week, is WWE's financial numbers for the third quarter. Um, there's a lot of stuff to cover, so I'm just going to run down, and then we're going to just, you know, kind of talk about it afterwards. Um, the SmackDown ratings are up 2%, which is a good sign, obviously. Raw numbers are up 3%. 90% of WWE subscribers to the WWE Network access it once a week at least. Um, WWE feels confident that the 999 no commitment pay model is the best way to go. The WWE Network is still not available in the UK, of course. That was kind of a big news topic um, this week as well. Um, licensing revenue is up due to the WWE 2K15 video game. Uh, live events are down uh, overall. Uh, North American attendance is down 7%, but international attendance is up 15%. Um, there's only 20% access of the WWE Network in Canada, which is kind of uh, shocking that, you know, when I first saw that number. And uh, WWE's seen $40 million in uh, total uh, revenue this past year. And the big shocking number that comes from all these financial numbers is the WWE Network subscription number is just um, just over 700,000. That's disgusting. What a disgusting, <laughs> disgusting number after all this time. I mean, I remember, I remember when, um, when the, when they first were starting to predict numbers for the network, it was going to be like 1.3 million by like the mid, mid of the year, mid, midway through the year for the, actually for the first ever announcement for the subscription number, the early prediction was 1.3 million. It's now almost, almost been a year and it's, was seven hundred thousand, and that's with the that's with the international uh, subscri subscription base opening up as well. Like we've we're, we're got it here in Australia. Obviously, the UK is yet to get it, but um, I one one thing I just want to say is that you know I think if you wanted the network beforehand, there was ways and means of getting access to it early, and I think those fans, those diehard international fans that wanted it, like myself, got it when we could, and I think now. It's it's much more widely accessed. I think it's very telling that there's still only seven hundred thousand subscribers. Well, I think it's it's something. And I think this is the biggest problem for me personally with the WWE Network is one their features aren't that great. You know, if you go on to, to Netflix or Hulu, they have a much better streaming quality. Uh, you know, there's some fun, there's some you know funny stuff that goes on with the network. Like for example, you know, it's a really small feature, but you know, when you leave, you know, no one can sit there and watch a three-hour pay-per-view. That's just hard to do. So if you want to watch a pay-per-view, you should be able to exit out, and then when you come back to it later on in the day, week, it should start where you left off. And that's one of the cool features that Netflix has, Hulu has, where, where, where you left off, when you come back, that's where you are. I think some of those that little things annoying. like that is – go ahead. I was just saying that is quite annoying because um... – like I, I use, a, I watch the WWE Network on my phone, and one thing that's annoying on that app is that you, 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 or on the WWE Network as a whole, is that when you leave, you have to start the whole thing again, mm -hmm. which is, which is nitpicking, but at the same time, it's one of those things that you know accessibility is important. Um, like, uh, but I, I disagree. I think the content is quite good. I think there's, a, there's that you, you got to think. You know, obviously we're diehard fans. I've been a fan for almost 19 years, so the Monday Night Wars, War stuff, while good. Uh, well, 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 good to me has already been covered, and it's kind of like a little bit lackluster. But for fans who are like younger, who are getting access to documentaries on demand like those, I think it's I think they're great additions. I think it comes down to the the publication and the promotion of these these uh, events. Well, here's something else that I think is is one of their biggest problems is 
WWE underestimated how in demand their product is in a sense where they're trying to appeal to the casual fan. The casual fan's not going to subscribe. They're not going to go on the computer, put their credit card on the account, and, you know, pay $9.99 a month. I know the number sounds great. The $10 a month, me and Bill Shannon, fellow PWP writer as well, have discussed this 100 times where, you know, just for the pay-per-view alone, I get the network because instead of paying 60 bucks, I pay 10 bucks. So, you know, for the hardcore fans that watch every pay-per-view, it's a great deal. But for the casual fan that doesn't really – care, they're not going to go on to WWE.com and, you know, sign up with their credit card in. And one more thing is the advertising for it is a little off base. I don't understand why I'm on the WWE Network watching and there's advertising for the WWE Network in the middle of shows. What sense does that make? That they're going to advertise the network while I'm on the network. I'm on the network already. Why are you advertising me, advertise to somebody who doesn't have it? Well, yeah, it, it it is a little bit odd in that regard. I mean, maybe they're just trying to make it more more like a television network, but with with with, with it having ads. Uh, but it just, but I, yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to like excuse it. I think it's ridiculous, but I I I, I just think uh, from the get go, I think WWE's because kind of been going up and down with their their way of promoting this new network. It's it's just it's been. <sighs> It's just been so stop start and so just like all over the place. Like nine ninety nine is great, but at the same time, like nine ninety nine, what is that? That that, that it's, it's almost like a lie. Like like to, to, uh, it, like we know better than anyone. Like it's, it it doesn't cost that much for certain subscriptions. If you if you buy it in bulk, if you buy it for a year, if you actually buy it per month, and you want to just do it monthly, it's not that much anymore. I don't think it is it. No, monthly it's nine ninety nine. Either way. It is either way. Um, I'm I, I think. I think initially. No, sorry, they did change it after the financial numbers. But yeah. uh, listen, the, the, the WWE Network is a show in itself. To be honest, like we could talk, we could definitely talk about that for ages because the, the the way they they're doing the content. I personally think they should have content attached to pay per views, storylines, and because like when you're watching standalone pay per views, very quickly. Um, we'll just we'll, we'll move on after this. Uh, well, do you when think? You do you think? Hold on, just one second, one more time. Um, sure. You think it'd be a big difference if they were to make it a TV channel? If they, if it, were, if it was on TV instead, do you think the, the numbers would be any better? I think it would be much more easily accessible, and I think the numbers would increase. Yeah, I, 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 I do, I do think so. Um, the idea of subscribing to something for a long term for six month for a six month commitment or a month commitment, and people filling in their details, maybe people are a little bit wary of doing that. But I think if it's about, if it was on television, I think there'd be a little bit more. Uh, Maybe a little bit more gusto behind the, its its rise to potentially one million subscribers by the end of the year. We'll see if that happens. But uh, um, just moving on to other news, talk to us. Uh, I hear SmackDown's moving from to Thursdays and NXT to Wednesdays. Yeah, that's um, that's something that WWE broke this week that they're going to be moving SmackDown to Thursday nights. Now, of course, the big question is uh, where is NXT going? Yeah, I, I mean, like NXT to Wednesdays, uh, SmackDown to Thursdays. I I think it's a much for muchness. Um, I I'm not exactly sure what their plan is for moving out to Thursdays. Uh, I think Fridays has always been their kind of like foothold, and they've always had. They, hey, they, if, if if what they've been saying every single week, it, like because I, I don't know if you've noticed, but every time uh, they talk about SmackDown on Raw, it's always like, oh, we're, we're, we've been number one for like uh, six, sixteen weeks in a row, and I I, I know for, from good authority from like reading reading the Wrestling Observer and all that stuff, that they're actually not the number one show. So that statistic is completely made up. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think NXT on Wednesday is going to be quite interesting in regards to Impact. I mean, I don't think Impact really needed to know that because NXT is probably one of the better shows uh, on the WWE Network. It's growing that cult-like following. I mean, we'll, we'll see if it has an impact on impact. On impact but uh, mm. yeah. Um, I'm, only um, concerned, so, I'm just concerned about the four days in a row of WWE content. You have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It's, it's just a lot in a row. You know what I mean? Like it, just having four shows just straight right right down you know throughout the week i think might might kind of tire fans you know having to watch each show i i think if you're a really if you're a huge diehard fan or if you actually do the show wrestling is the week that was you you, mm-hmm. you, you you too much content there's already too, there's already way too much content the the fact that rules are wars on three hours the fact that we've got main event that is usually mostly 90% useless, but if you miss it, you're not missing anything. Um, uh, going to the days where it was just Raw and SmackDown, that was it. Like, you know, and we had, you know, I, there's always been too much content. It's It was the it was what, one thing that led to the, to the fall of WCW. To, to a degree, I guess it kind of faltered WWE in the long term because it overexposed the stars. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is a bit too much. It's very, very ambitious for WWE to kind of go ahead and produce that much content in a row. But uh, yeah, Bo, talk, talk, talk to me. Bo Dallas apparently is that is that for an injury? Yep. How long Bo is he Dallas, out for? Bo Dallas officially out for six to eight weeks with a foot injury. That's you know that's shocking to me. That came out of nowhere. Um, you know, and maybe this is a good thing for him, similar to the Roman Reigns thing, uh, where he got hurt. You know, it's kind of a blessing in disguise where he can kind of take some time off. And maybe if WWE feels confident enough, they could kind of maybe repackage him if they feel like it, if they, or give him something new to do or something different. Um, because, you know, obviously he wasn't, he was, it just wasn't working and it, it's not really his fault. It's more of WWE's fault for not pushing him. But, you know, I think this might be a blessing in disguise. I think, I think the, uh, the gimmick itself was always kind of destined to fail. I mean, really like I just, it wasn't really much to it. It was a comic comedy gimmick from the start. And really when you're dealing with comedy gimmicks in pro wrestling, they can only go for so long. And I think the best thing that they could have done is definitely take Bro Dallas off television. If things aren't working, take the guy off television. You know, like, there's a lot of re-debuts in WWE at the moment. We've got Ryback coming back, kind of rekindling his, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the Feed Me More gimmick. Curtis Axel's come back, uh, coming back on main event, which we'll get into in a little bit later on in the show. Um, Luke Harper's on the on, on the rise. Eric Roman's back on TV with a little bit more of a of a of a direction. I think it's, I think I think sometimes injuries are a blessing in disguise, especially in, in regards to uh, Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next point we want to maybe touch on is apparently there's big speculation on Triple H versus The Rock at WrestleMania 31. Apparently, the yes. angle that WWE would take if they decide to go this route is um, that it'd be a, a power struggle between Triple H and Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon would choose The Rock to fight on his behalf. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. I think, I mean, tr- you know, Triple H and The Rock is a great feud for me. I, you know, it's one of my favorite feuds. It's one of the feuds that got me into pro wrestling. But I don't know if the power struggle angle needs to be involved. I don't know why you can't just have this match the way it is. I don't know why you can't just have Triple H versus The Rock one more time. You know, you know, I, I mentioned in my article this week that. You know, these two have never faced at WrestleMania, which is kind of shocking and a little weird, you know, that one of these great, this great feud has never been kind of featured on WrestleMania. So I think that's a storyline in and of itself. I'm a little bit indifferent about it. 
Um, I, sure, like Rock and Triple H was was a, a fa- the foundation of what I was watching when I started watching wrestling in 1998. Um, it's it's a natural story progression. Like it's something you can easily kind of uh, put your hat on in regards to an enthralling story. I just having having it tied into like a power struggle storyline with authority with the authority and Triple H. I just don't know if that's if that's an eye-catching WrestleMania main event, I mean, like, obviously, what, cause I'm going to be there at Santa, in, in Santa Clara. I'm going to be there on the entrance ramp watching WrestleMania 31 live. I mean, obviously, when I'm there and I'm surrounded by, you know, 71, 80,000 80, people, however many it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a different uh, feeling. But I'm just I'm, I'm a little bit indifferent. I mean, I, I loved what they did in, on SmackDown, a little teaser with the little video clips intertwined and the interaction was fantastic. And maybe that's, what's going to change my mind. I mean, like when, whenever rock comes back, he can turn the simplest of dialogue into like the most amazing kind of stuff and get you hyped. So I guess I'm kind of like, I'm going to hold my opinion. I'm a little bit indifferent at the, at the moment, but let's just see how it pans out. You know? Well, here's, here's the reason why that power struggle doesn't work because we know it's fake. Like that's the thing. Like we know triple H is really an executive. We know Stephanie's really an executive. So, in this era of, of WWE, it does, the, the, the power struggle angle doesn't work because we know that those three, Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H, all work together to make WWE what it is. So I don't know if that the angle itself is just plausible in this day and age. That's the thing for me. I definitely think we're easy into an era where like you know, kayfabe is completely gone. Mm-hmm. And the idea of storylines like this is uh, completely ridiculous. So... Yeah, it could be going back to the world world way too many times with, like, fights against... Like, really, if you look back at the history of WWE in the last, like, 10 years, 15 years, especially with the, with the rise of Austin versus McMahon in 1998, 1999, there's just so many fights about, like, fighting against authority, who's got the power, he, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think, especially, especially now, like... like it's getting it's getting old. I think I think you know like the idea like they've tried it so many times in so many different reincarnations. Like you know when when John Cena was fighting against Eric Bischoff, when like you know when uh when uh, Edge had control of SmackDown and was going after the Undertaker and like you know like it's just now we're gonna get Rock and Triple H because Rock is gonna come back and represent uh, represent Vincent Man. Yeah. Just it's just like I think one cool thing about the Rock is the Rock is like he's he's his, he's his own man. He comes back and he's like you know he fights for the people. He doesn't fight for Vince McMahon. Like I think I think it's very short sighted of Vince to to kind of think oh I'm gonna come back as this old and old uh, uh, legendary uh, owner and everyone's gonna love me. Like it's just kind of like yeah oh, if, if, if we're gonna get into Raw. Because um, I, I, I got a very, very quick thing to say about Raw before we start Raw. Um, you know, Vince McMahon comes up there and he's kind of like, you know, he's showing a bit of his age. Did you think he was like showing a bit of his age with his promo? Oh, yeah. With his promo? yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's sad to see, it's sad to see Vince now. Like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but, you know, of course, age happens to everybody. Father Time is undefeated. So, you know, it's, it's just tough to see Vince come out there and he just looks, he looks old. And I feel, so, I, you know, Vince is like my hero. Like I love Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is is the greatest. I, you know, he's the guy that you know gave us WWE. Without him, there's no WWE. So it's just it's tough to see 
him age, and I do agree that his promo was very, you know, Attitude Era-like. It was kind of like, you know, let's shake things up. It was a very typical Vince McMahon promo. Yeah, I just yeah, and, and add, add add about fifteen years to his uh, to his uh, stature, and it's kind of like yeah, wasn't as sharp as the old Vincent Man. I mean, he was still good, but you know. Uh, but but now let's just start the raw rundown, shall we, uh, Aaron? I mean, like I uh, point number one I wanted to make about Raw. We've got all the, like one thing that, that's a major problem with WWE at the moment is that we've got all these all these matches that we've seen a billion times before. Like, thank God Hell in a Cell was good. I mean, it was a great pay-per-view. Um, don't get me wrong. Loved it. I loved the event. I thought it was a really, really good uh, 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 event for WWE. Te- that's a testament to the to the in-ring talent because we've seen Goldust and Stardust versus the Usos a billion times. We saw Cesaro and Sheamus versus each other a billion times. And now we have all these fresh matchups like Rusev versus Sheamus. Orton versus Rollins, even like storylines that we, even matches that we've seen uh, many times, like Henry and Show, it's got that really interesting kind of storyline, you know, like that really emotion, emotive kind of storyline. We should see these events on pay per view. Literally, in this one show, WWE burned through all these three potential matches, Orton and Rollins as well. They gave us free free on te- television. What What do you think about all this? Like, do you, like I think it's absolutely idiotic that. Like in a time where everyone's getting sick of seeing the same matches on television, in one show they burned through three of their, uh, well, two, uh, two of their like most prominent matches in the U.S. T- title picture and Orton versus Rollins. Yeah, I think that's something where you know I think it's just the, the times. I think we've we've had that for this entire year and maybe a little bit last year where they they don't really they they don't really value the importance of the contact between two guys in a feud. You know what I mean? Like they. Like you said, they're giving us these matches on free TV, but then again, they are giving us this match free at Survivor Series anyway. So I think that's kind of maybe what they're going for, that, you know, this match is going to be free at the pay-per-view anyway. So it doesn't, yeah. you know, they're, you know, it, it just, I don't think it's a value to them anymore. I don't think keeping two guys apart and not letting them touch and, and kind of building up toward the pay-per-view, I think those days are done because of people getting tired of feuds and wanting things so quickly. That's the biggest complaint I, I hear personally from people is that people want the, the, the fans want things so quickly to happen. You know, you, I remember the Daniel Bryan and triple H and, and uh, Randy Orton feud, you know, where Daniel Bryan was chasing the title for so long, all the way until WrestleMania 30, people were getting sick of it. I mean, people were like, come on, you know, give him the title already, just give him the title. And then once he won the title, people were like, Oh, this is great. Daniel Bryan finally comes out mountain. People have to understand that it takes time. You can't just have everything you want right away. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I think it's just a different era of booking nowadays. Uh, it's Like, I, I find when I watch these matches that you've seen many, many times before and you see them at the pay-per-view, like, the allure of seeing these guys wrestle one-on-one is gone. And sure, maybe it's, maybe it's an out-of-date booking philosophy. But I, but like I like the the excitement of seeing a match fresh for the first time. Like Dolph Ziggler and Cesaro, that's a good, that's a really good example. Like from the last pay per view, great match. They had great matches leading up leading up to this pay per view. 
But by the time we, like, again, it was a testament to the guys. They kept things fresh, but Cesaro is a freak of nature. He's always keeping things fresh in his matches. He's the one person in WWE that always does something different in his matches. But for everyone else, they kind of get into a, a, a routine of, of what works. Usos and, and Stardust and Goldust were a good example of that. I saw so many different, uh, so, so many of the same spots, the dives and all that stuff. If we saw that match straight off the bat, fresh at Hell in a Cell, yeah. I guarantee you the match would have got even more, uh, more, more of a rave, rave review. It would have been uh, like something like, "Wow, we only get to see this on the network," and it all comes down to like the publication of the network, right? And the you know plugging the network and making it special. If we're seeing all these matches that are going to be publicized on pay per view, why why are we going to spend nine ninety nine a month or like subscribe to a network when, when we get to see it all for free with like almost eight hours of programming a week? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I just I think it's just ri- ridiculous. Like, you know, I've got no desire to see Seamus and Rusev again. Sheamus, like, Rusev beat him clean. Well, wh- why should there be a rematch? I guarantee you we're going to get a rematch somewhere down the line. And coming well, that like... Brings for, me, that that yeah. kind of brings me to my point, you know, where I, my, one of my points for this Raw was I don't understand why Rusev and Seamus was... why that match was put on after Raw. I understand that you're trying to appeal to the network and you're trying to get people to subscribe but if people aren't subscribing for a free pay-per-view, what makes you think they're going to subscribe to see a United States title match? That, that's one of the biggest points I made while I was tweeting during Raw. You know, Seamus and Rusev, great match. The, the match was incredible, but I didn't, I didn't stay up to watch it. I watched it the next day on the network. I didn't, I didn't stay up to watch. You have to reward the people that Maybe came die. out to the show. To, yeah, to, to watch. You have to reward. Who's going to watch three hours of content and then watch another 25-minute match? No one, like, like, like exactly. and you could tell from the, yeah, you could tell from the crowd as well. Like, like I've, I've been to many roars. You've been to roars. Uh, have you been to any of the three-hour roars? I have. I went to one last year. Yeah. Yeah, they're long, especially oh, if they're oh, yeah. doing. They're, 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 it's a long time to sit in seats and watch pro wrestling. I love it more than anything else. And like, this is coming from from someone who's watched, who's been at like post WrestleMania roars. And sometimes they're long, and yeah, you know, everyone raves about them. So this is just a run-of-the-mill raw, and we're going to extend it out for what, three and a half hours to maybe like maybe maybe even four hours because you have to realize that they're they're there for the pre the the, the, the post show as sorry the pre-show as well because now they're doing their pre-show. So it's a long time to sit in the seats, and, and for and for like you know, it came out of the blue. Like why not? Why not? If if you're interested in pol- in using this match to plug the network, how about you use Raw, main event, and SmackDown to build up to that match, and maybe say we're going to schedule this for for Sunday for Sunday night on the WWE Network, and do that as a publication, and lead that into like to, to checking out the network and looking for some, looking forward to something later on in the week instead of just adding it on the end of a long period of time. I just think, yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. But moving on to to my next point that I really want to make on Raw, Aaron, like. I lost my I lost my I lost my shit when it came down to Orton <laughs> versus Rollins. I just lost it. Like mm-hmm. so, so very quickly, I'm going to ask you a very dumb question. Who is meant to be the heel in Orton versus Rollins? Seth Rollins. He's Seth Rollins. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So 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 the way they set up this awesome final raw angle to take Randy Orton, Randy Orton off television is they're going to put Orton in a situation where he's bitching and complaining about 
want, wanting to get at Seth Rollins. I understand that. They've been doing a good job about that. So throughout the show, right, we have Seth Rollins defend, like, so, uh, fight for the Intercontinental Championship against Dolph Ziggler, right? Mm-hmm. He's about to handily defeat Dolph Ziggler. Like he's going about to defeat him. Randy Orton comes out and costs him the match. All right, what uh, Orton? What a dick! Yeah. So then, then, then they wrestle Orton versus Rollins. He gets he, uh, Orton gets his wish from the, from the evil Triple H. Right? Okay, cool. Uh, obviously, I'm expecting some like you know bullshit finish. Rollins is gonna, uh, yeah, Rollins is gonna maybe maybe win with like the, the, the hands on the tights with the help, with the help of like Mercury and Noble. So we get this match. First of all, we get the match. Like we get we, we get a 20 minute match, whatever it was, free on television. I'm like, okay, well, you've completely lo- lost the luster, like I talked about with all the other matches. So I don't even really need to see this match again. But what drives me nuts is that Roland, Rollins pe- beats Orton clean as a sheet. One, two, three. Now, w- with no help whatsoever. And then Orton just decides to beat the shit out of Ro- uh, Rollins anyway. Hmm. And I just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm sitting there going, why would you, of all the times to have a, 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 a non bullshit finish, you decided to choose for this match where this match needed well, Rollins to come on, come across as a heel. Like, like if, 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 if everything pla- pla- uh, panned out the way it did, with you know, with Rollins saying, "Oh, let's just make bargains, we got bargains," and he cheated blatantly to win the match. I understand where, where Orton's coming from, but I think he came off like a complete dick to to attack uh, Seth Rollins because he was like, "Listen, man, yeah, I won fair and square," you know, like, and he did. I felt no sympathy for Randy Orton where I was meant to feel sympathy. Sure, the fans went nuts because they just love Randy Orton; they want to see Marco people. What do you? What's your opinion on this? Because this just drove me nuts. Okay, here's here's my thing. Okay, I, I think I understand. Now I'm not saying it's right, but I think I understand what WWE's idea or a reason for booking it this way was. Randy Orton needs to go off TV, so we have Seth Rollins go over cleanly because he's going to be here for the next couple of weeks or whatever. He's going to be building up toward this SummerSlam um, Survivor Series match, um, and Randy Orton's not. So having him be be being clean kind of doesn't matter in a sense because Orton's leaving TV anyway. That's the, that, I'm not saying yeah. that's right. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying this is why they think. And I think they think that having Orton, you know, be completely destroyed um, like the way he was is just a way to make Seth Rollins look stronger, make the authority look like they're one cohesive unit now and they're, you know, they're really ready for Survivor Series. Here's my thing. I've, you know, I hear people mm-hmm. complain about, you know, running finishes from Kane, running finishes from everybody. This time we got a clean finish. People are complaining. So we've, we've <laughs> got to have an even balance where, you know, people complain about the run-in, but then people complain about the clean finishes. So I'm not going to do anything, but I'm, I'm saying we've got to find this happy medium where, you know, how much did that clean finish really hurt Orton? And it helped Rollins tremendously. I mean, it made Rollins look strong beating a, a 12-time world champion on Raw. It, it made Rollins look like, 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 what a fighting guy. Like, he only had one... He re- he wrestled twice in one night. He was almost about to win the Intercontinental Championship, and he beat Randy Orton clean. What, and, and, and I, I don't know. I, I, I could complain about this for ages, but I just... I, I, you could have easily done what they did. I was completely fine with Seth Rollins taking him out and injuring him, and that, that's fine. Great angle. 
It was great. The, I love the whole drama between Stephanie and Triple H too. Loved it. It was a good angle. Yep. I'm just talking about where it came from because I was just sitting there going, Orton, you're meant to be a baby face. You're meant to be a good sport. Like I, like, I was kind of expecting Seth Rollins just to deck him and just take him out like, 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 like he ended up doing. And that, but well, I think, anyway. I think a better solution would have been having Orton get the backslide and then have Orton be happy that he won and then have yes. Rollins the authority just destroy him. I think that would have been a much better yes. you know, of course. To the Raw as far as getting Orton a strong win but then at the same time making Seth Rollins look strong at the same time. Absolutely. You know, like, you know, I, I think the lines between heel and babyface sometimes in WWE are just completely like at to lunch. Like really on this show, Seth Rollins gave me no reason to make, make, make him, make me think that he was a heel. Uh, thank yeah. God. Thank God. The great work that he's been doing with Dean Ambrose and that the chicken shit heel thing that he's been developing for many months. But anyway, Aaron, apparently you're sick. You're getting, uh, getting sick of Miz now. You think he's getting a bit old. Tell me, tell me what's going on. I think, you know, after this raw, um, I just I'm not interested in the Mizdow thing anymore. I find it I find it a little boring now. I think we it's just, like we said before, it's kind of the same thing over and over again every week. And you know I understand that they're you know they're trying to give Mizdow something to do, and he's he's making it great. But at what point does this get old for everybody? For me, it's already gotten old. I'm already kind of sick of it. Um, I don't know what everyone else is sick of it. I, you know, I, I just feel like they need to move on. They need to move forward with it. Have Miz turn on him, have Miz Dow turn on Miz, do something because I'm getting sick of the same thing every week where Miz Dow just kind of, you know, mocks him or not mocks him, but mimics, mimics him and kind of, you know, does the same thing every week. I just, I, I'm getting a little old and a little sick of it. So. Yeah, I think the, the minute uh, WWE noticed this angle, and what, sorry, well, not this angle, the, the, what uh, Miz Dow was doing is the minute it started not becoming cool. Uh, the minute yep. you start having Michael Cole make that fake laugh, the minute you start having the Usos, who like they're good. I like I like the Usos. I think they've got a lot of good charisma. But the minute you start doing uh, having the Usos mimic what Sandow's doing, it's kind of like you're watering down the specialness of it. I think the best thing that was going on with Mizdow is when the, the commentators didn't point it out every every five mm-hmm. minutes. You know, or, or, I think it was the, when it was just the nuances in the back, and you noticed it, and you, you, you kind of felt as a fan like, oh, look, look at look what Miz Miz doing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I I think the breakup is gonna it could be potentially really great television. I think it could be something very different, very very funny. Um, or I hope it's I hope it's, it's I hope it's not very serious. But anyway, yeah, I think it's kind of getting it is getting getting a little bit old, and I guess we'll just kind of see where it goes. Okay, so the main event quickie. Now, Aaron, I'm usually I usually go through the show and go, oh, you know, here we go, main event quickie. Actually, this week's main event actually had two really really good matches. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I'll go very very quickly through these results. Jay Uso defeated Stardust. Obviously, we started off with the same old kind of match that we usually see on main event. It was a simple match, hyping SmackDown's cage match that happened. Uh, um, Again, like after all the stuff that went down on, on Raw, like why did we see what? Why is the Usos getting a tag t- tag title shot? Why are they Why are they getting a tag title shot? I've got no idea. But apparently they they did, and they just set it up via this match. Curtis Axel returned. Now, uh, like now, now, Aaron, now, did you see him on? You said you saw him on Superstars. Was that like before or after this main event show? Um, I think it was this week Superstars, or maybe it might have been last week Superstars. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, like, 
regardless, I'm, a, I'm actually a big Curtis Axel fan. I think he's a good mechanic in that ring. And uh, he defeated Justin Gabriel and and, I th- and what I thought was his re-debut. A really solid match, actually. Like, uh, Justin Gabriel was very underrated. Um, obviously, now he's a he's a mainstay in NXT. And it was really good to see him on, on main event. Really enjoyed the match. It was stiff. It was, it was fast-paced. It was good. And, and Curtis Axel and both, both Curtis Axel and Gabriel looked good. So uh, there's that. And uh, Sami Zayn. They had a really, really good package on Sami Zayn uh, uh, wrestling Tyson Kidd. Now I'm all for uh, main event cross promoting uh, NXT. I think they should start doing this now. I am. I've got an article in the works that will be published next week talking about the need for baby faces in WWE, and I think Sami Zayn is it. And uh, he and Tyson Kidd tore it up on main event. Man, they went. They went at least ten minutes. Good solid ten minutes. Obviously, me and you, Aaron, were huge NXT fans. I'm sure everyone else out there is NXT fans. Uh, what do you think the future holds for Sami Zayn in regards to WWE? I actually have a little point I wanted to bring up here with Sami Zayn is that I'm not Ooh, a fan okay. of bringing him up as a like I'm not a fan of bringing him up like this. I, I don't like that they're kind of bringing him up here and then he's back in NXT and then he comes up for a match here like. I want him to just debut. Like, I, I don't like the whole, you know, let's bring him up and see how he does here, and you know, let's put a, you know, let's have a little NXT segment on Raw, and then, you know, then he's gone. It, it makes the fans, you know, it just doesn't. I just don't like it. I, I'd rather have him just come up and debut, and then he's on the main roster. I don't like this whole, well, let's put him on the main event and then back to NXT, and then we'll bring him up next month one more time to have a match, and you know, it just it doesn't. It, I, I just don't like it personally. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'd rather have him just debut and then that's it. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm a bit indifferent. I mean, I, I, the, they put him over strong. I guess the only thing that they just didn't do is have him beat Tyson Kidd because actually Tyson Kidd beat Sami Zayn. That's the only downside to this whole thing, which is kind of like uh, the, whole, the the Tyson Kidd storyline is like that. Like they give him the most, they give him wins at the most ridiculous times, like on Raw when they like, get him against. But when he beat Sheamus going into that US title match, and now they're beating Sami Zayn after hyping him up and saying how good he was. So, yeah, I, I, I guess from that, I can see where you're coming from. Um, it just kind of gives me a reason to watch. I guess it kind of gives fans a reason to watch a main event if they're going to see some NXT stars here and there. Because, you know, the the the, 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 the serious debut is going to be on Raw. And and uh, I guess we, we'll just see where that goes. Uh, and, of course, the main event, is your standard main event uh, for main event. Bray Wyatt defeated Sin Cara in a complete squash match, just like uh, I think Sheamus versus Bo Dallas last week. So I think that that's the only downside to main event. Why why have squash matches? That's not something that we need to see as a main event. You know, give give Tyson Kidd and Sami Zayn that kind of space. Okay, Aaron, we're on to our NXT Weekly Awards. Now, this we've got the Uppercomer of the Week, the Weekly Downside of the Week, and the MVP of the Week. First of all, just tell us what you thought of the show overall. I thought it was a solid show. I, I thought last week's show um, kind of fails in comparison to this one. This one was very well done. Uh, you know, it moved very well, and you had, you know, just solid match after solid match. I mean, it was it was just – it was last week's episode was a little kind of – uh, you know, herky jerky. There was really no flow to that last week's uh, NXT show. I felt like this week, this week it was a solid chemistry throughout the entire show. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think we had there's a lot of newsworthy things that came out of the show. We got really good wrestling. Um, yeah, we actually got, got really really good wrestling at the start of the show instead of the main event. But obviously, the main event yep. angle was was treated like a big deal. It's great that it got the it got the it got the time that it, it got. But uh, and Aaron, kick us off. Tell us what what your uh, your NXT upper, upper current of the week was. I think we probably have the same one here. My up-and-comer of the week is Finn Balor, uh, you know, formerly Prince Devitt, making his debut this Thursday. Um, you know, I only have one small critique, and it's, it's kind of nitpicking at his debut, but I would have preferred they, you know, when um, when he came out, it just said Finn Balor on on the, the Titantron. I would have preferred them have it, you know, have his name come up as, you know, you know, Prince Devitt, and then have it switch to Finn Balor, similar to what they did with um, Hideo Tommy, where they had Kenta up yeah. on the screen and they kind of washed it away. And No one really knew who that was at first. Everyone was like, who's this guy? And then when he kind of stepped out, everyone, you know, obviously marked out. Um, I, I love it. I like the name. A lot of people don't like the name. I think the name's kind of cool. I love his theme music. Theme music kind of fits him very well. Um, and I'm excited to see where the Kenta – and uh, Finn Balor thing goes. Is there a tag team, or is he just helping him out? You know, let's see where that goes. But, you know, Finn Balor is my up-and-comer of the week. Well, I, uh, I'll be definitely getting into Finn Balor and Hideo Tommy later on when I get into one of the other awards. But uh, my NXT up-and-comer of the week actually isn't Finn Balor. Oh. Um, I, I actually went with Sasha Banks this time around. I I actually really, I, I've, I've, I've been kind of indifferent about Sasha Banks for the last like few weeks, um, but this week I think really like her chicken shit heel character, I really just loved in that tag match against Bailey. I, I, I think she's got a really good presence, a really good look that kind of just kind of hit me this week. Um, it's with the announcers putting her over and how you know how she's, she's manipulative. I don't know. I, 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 it, I things kind of clicked with me with this character, and. Uh, I think they did a really good job of kind of building up Shasha Banks and Charlotte and kind of building up the whole idea of the baby face one and trying to get the the, the hands on the heel and having uh, the heel throw like, you know, Becky Lynch in a way. And I, I just think that I was very impressed with her, with what she's got. I think I think we need more characters, really more out there kind of characters in the NXT women's, di- women's division. And I think Sasha Banks is a good addition to that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, um, for some reason during that match, did, did you? I don't know if you felt the same way, but I was getting a little bit of a drift of a heel turn from Bailey. You know what I mean? Like I kind of felt like it was all too right. Like you know, Charlotte's now gonna help Bailey, and now it's Bailey versus Charlotte versus um, you know Sasha and Becky Lynch. I felt like at one point in the match that Becky, I mean um, Bailey, was just gonna kind of turn on Charlotte and join them, and they were gonna be the new BFFs or whatever. I thought I kind of get that when I was watching that match. Who, who knows? They might do it later on. But did you get that same feeling kind of halfway through? I actually got this feeling around NXT TakeOver once. Well, definitely after like uh, after Bailey lost to Charlotte twice. I mean, we, it happened on, it happened on uh, TakeOver and then it happened... Oh, sorry, Fatal 4-Way and then it happened on on, uh, on NXT. I was, yeah... I don't know if the ship is kind of sailed, and I, I, I think you like if it's yeah if if a Bailey heel turn is going to happen, save it for NXT Evolution, which is coming up. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a big that needs to be treated like a big deal. I hope they don't do it straight away because we've just had Becky Lynch turn. I I, yeah. I think they need a little bit of space in between these heel turns, and I think that was the problem with Impact last week. Um, mm-hmm. Was it Impact? 
Yeah, I think it was impact. We, we saw like a like a few heel turns within a, a, a succession of time. So um, time's up for this. But like moving on to uh, NXT's weekly downside of the week. Uh, I yeah, personally um, wait, go, ahead, you, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Well, All right, well, I'll, NXT's okay, go yeah, go. No, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> My weekly dance, I think it's pretty easy. On a show where there was so much good, I think mm-hmm. I think we might be unanimous in this. Marcus Dewey was my was my weekly downside of the week. L- listen, this this guy I've been watching for the last few few weeks. He really does nothing for me in the ring. I mean, they're doing this whole cane gimmick now with the red lights in the in the back in the backstage area, and he's got the towel over his head. It's like when Kane glossed his mask and he's talking. I couldn't even understand what he was saying. It's this weird, monstrous French accent. It was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I, I didn't know where they were they're going with this. And the only difference between Kane and, and this guy is that Kane was actually scary. Like, this guy's just weird and, and creepy and just, I don't know. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. He's weird and creepy, but like, look at the fundamentals. Like, he, like as a French guy, he was just—he was just a good. He's just a guy with a good body. He's kind of pale. He kind of it just—it just doesn't really click. I mean, hey, it may maybe he he finds himself in this character. I very much doubt it. A monstrous French gimmick. I don't think it's. I don't really think it has legs, but we'll see. Yeah, that, that's my weekly dance of the week. What, what, what was yours? My downside of the week was Andrew Neville not being on this show. I'm a big fan of the champion should always be on the show in some capacity in, in a match, you know, and I just felt like he should have been on the show. You know, I just, that, that, there was really nothing bad about this episode, which I kind of had to nitpick for, for a downside, but I just felt like Adrian Neville not being on the show kind of took away from it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I guess he was, he was on the show. He, had, he did have that backstage segment, but I think yeah. that you, I think you definitely could have could have at least had the announcement for the match that's going to happen mm-hmm. next week. Uh, which, spoiler alert, I don't think happens because uh, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be fighting at, at, at Evolution. So we'll see what happens next week with the storyline. Regardless, I guess if if that's not if they're going to actually have a match. What a way to what a way to promote next week's mat, uh, next week's show by having Neville and and Zayn, but yeah, I mean I think they could have easily had the announcement in ring, had a little bit more of a reaction to uh, got the fans to react to it. So yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from that. Um, your MVP of the week, Aaron, hit me up. What do you think? MVP of the week goes to Sami Zayn, and you know that's I think that's kind of a given. He's he every show he's always spot on. He's always puts on a good match. He he is their star, man. And, you know, the funny thing with Adrian Neville is he's kind of falling into that cleaner area where some of the fans are kind of turning on him as a, as a, as a baby face. So, and I think that's, that attributes to Sami Zayn such, being such a great baby face. I think he, he is, he is, a, he can appeal to everybody. The hardcore fans love him because he used to be El Generico. You know, the, the, the kids will love him because he's a happy guy, he dances to the ring. You know, he, this is the type of baby face they need. Something that the hardcore fans can get behind, and you'll probably touch on this in your article. Someone the hardcore fans can get behind, and the kids can get behind. 
Yeah, like obviously not to spoil the article, but like I, 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 I will be comparing him to to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat back in the day. Like mm-hmm. he's he's got the same attributes. He's pure. He's wholesome. He's, he, you know, like he's got the he's got the life story that everyone can relate to. I mean, God, WWE needs to bring him up as soon as they can, and maybe time into into WrestleMania into the into the lead up to WrestleMania or something like that. And he needs to be pushed like the Shield pushed. Like they, they need to, they need to put him in a situation where he immediately has credibility. I would hate for him just to join like Bo Dallas did and kind of work his way up. I think he, I think in some way, shape or form, he needs to be thrown into the mix straight away because he's got the talking ability. He's got the charisma. He's got the, the hardcore fan base. I, people like one thing at the, in the main event match, people were doing the OLA chance, you know, like they know who this guy is. Just run with them. But uh, my MVP of the week actually wasn't Sami Zayn because I have a habit of always putting Sami Zayn in situations. And I thought his, tel- his match was against Tyler Braze was great. Great match. Really good. And I love the story. But Finn Balor and Hideo Itami were my MVPs of the week. The reason being, I've been a huge uh no, no, like an anti-fan to this whole Hideo Tommy build-up. I think it's been stupid. I think it's been dumb. I mean, having him just fight two guys and just blindly go into a battle, like uh, two-on-one against the longest reigning and most dominant, dominant NXT tag team champions of all time, like, and then and then to choose Fanaki as his partner, like, what? Like, it's just like what? Like. It's all about cred- credibility and legitimacy. We know this guy can wrestle. God, I've, he's been in some amazing matches. But you just made the guy look dumb by having him put, by put him in these situations. And finally, finally, we get to where they need to go, and they have Finn Balor, Prince Debit, debut with them. This is what they should have done. And the way that the whole the whole brawl was planned out, the way it was uh, you know set out was perfect. You know, like with with, with Hideo Tommy just like taunting. I think it was like Victor as he's crawling across the mat and like and the double foot stumps. Like, come on, this is what it should have been from the get go, or very very quickly. You know, like there's a way of doing this rivalry. I think where like you can make Hideo Tommy look smart by always like in one-on-one matches, beating the guys down and always avoiding the two-on-ones and the, you know, being like, you know, quick and agile and avoiding that kind of contact. But it hasn't been that way. Finally, finally Finn Bellows here. And, and I, th- I think we're ready to roll in regards to both of these guys' careers. I agree. I completely agree. And like I said before, I think, you know, there's kind of this, this, um, you know, speculation that if they're, if they're a tag team, if they're not, and I think, they they posted a little video after NXT on WWE's YouTube page where, you know, Hideo Tommy's almost talking for both of them. And, and I think, you know, Hideo, for the first time since he debuted, finally looks like a strong, you know, you know force to be reckoned with, with with Finn Balor. So I hope they can, you know, work both these guys into their, their main event scene on NXT. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was our NXT awards, guys and girls. I think it was a good show. If you're not watching NXT and you got the WWE Network, why did you get the network? Like really, like it's it was, it's that good. So yeah, def- definitely check it out. Okay, so moving on to SmackDown, the good and the bad of SmackDown. Now, Aaron, you reviewed the show. I caught a little bit of it. Tell me what you, what the good of SmackDown was. Uh, the good of SmackDown for me was Dan Rose's story. And, uh, you know, th- this is non-wrestling related, of course, but he had uh, the WWE toward, I think, the back end of SmackDown had a uh, American um, 
war veteran that can't walk is paralyzed, and they they demonstrated a, a walking device where they put um, these things around his legs, and some uh, woman was helping him, and he could walk with those the things attached to his legs, which was amazing. And the fans were getting behind him, and they were chanting his name and stuff. This just goes to show that WWE is a class act organization. They you know they really care about you know stuff like this, and they they put this out there. A lot of people claim that WWE does this just to get good publicity. I don't think so. I think they truly care about this kind of stuff. And, you know, it goes to show just from the Breast Cancer Awareness Month we just had, this now, I think this was the good of, of SmackDown, really. Um, as far as wrestling-wise, good. Uh, I'm going with Dolph Ziggler and Kane. I, you know, I think we, you kind of complained about seeing Kane and Ziggler uh, over and over again. This time they were in a steel cage. And this time Dolph Ziggler came across incredibly, very well. He, he won the match, and he closed the show. Um, you know, he's, the, he's been the focal point, really, for Team Cena. Team, you know, John Cena hasn't really been around. So no, he hasn't. Kind of, yeah, he's kind of been their, their general. He's been the, the sole guy that's kind of taking that shadow from John Cena, and, and John Cena's been away. So I think that's probably the best thing that came for SmackDown is Dolph Ziggler looking like a strong Intercontinental Champion and a strong competitor going into Survivor Series. Yeah, I mean, like I, I said, I didn't really catch very much of it, and uh, I really do love the the uh, the the, uh, the charity work that WWE does. That they always yeah. do a very class act stuff with it, the breast cancer awareness stuff, and now all this stuff with the, the the war veterans. I think it's I think it's great stuff, and I think they uh, you, you can never bash WWE for doing that. Like I've been to their charity events, uh, the charity auctions for the last two years. Um, they're just great great events, you know, like. And they really, really care about who who they're who they're helping out, and, uh, and that's a really t- that's a big testament to uh, uh, WWE. In regards to like um, the good of SmackDown for me, I personally just loved uh, the interaction between Bray Wyatt and um, mm. and uh, uh, Dean Ambrose. I yeah. this is something about Dean Ambrose, man. When he talks, he's like he's got that Mick Foley esque kind of like character to him. He he just grabs your attention and makes you care about something or care about whatever he's involved in. And this was no exception. And, and for Bray Wyatt, you know, like I'm, I'm, I love Bray Wyatt, but my big, biggest critique of him is that, you know, he just, you sometimes struggle to see where he's coming from, but here on SmackDown, we got some, we got some ideas of why he attacked Bray, but why he attacked Dean Ambrose and he did it in such a way, you know, the whole idea, like you had the shield behind you at one point. Now you, you don't have the security. And I feel like he was kind of proving that he, by attacking him, that he does, he doesn't have that security and he wants him to join, join him. I think this is great stuff. And I think it was the, the highlight of SmackDown for me, but uh, t- talk to me about the bad. Cause you know, it's so easy to find well, bad get, things about pro wrestling. Yeah. Well, before I get into the bad, I just I even posted on the Facebook page before um, while I was watching SmackDown that they finally I've been pleading WWE to do this. Finally, gave Bray Wyatt some Undertaker like mind games. You know, he he's he you know he appeared at the ramp, then the lights went out. He appeared behind Dean Ambrose. The lights went out again. Fantastic. He disappeared. It was great. And this is the stuff they need to do from the get go. You know, I've said it so many times, and I'll keep saying it. Bray Wyatt has the potential to be our generation's Undertaker. He has the the creepiness, the the kind of dark stuff that you know Undertaker does. They just need to channel that a little more, and he can he can be that guy. And it, you know, he he can go in the ring, he can do all that stuff. So hopefully, they give him that give him that chance. The bad for yeah. me on SmackDown 
was the Adam Rose kind of heel turn, kind of. I mean, it wasn't really a heel turn, but um, he, you know, kind of pushed down the bunny um, <laughs> and then kind of walked into his exotic express. So, I don't know. It was just really odd, and I don't know if they're going to go down this route without uh, Adam Rose, um, if they're going to give him a full-fledged heel turn, or is this going to be a slow build? And I made the comment before we went on the air, Joel, that this is kind of the, the Tensai Sakamoto thing from 2012, where he, he might just <laughs> beat on the bunny every week. He might just beat down the bunny every week and eventually turn heel. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh... I really don't have very much, much much thoughts when it comes to Adam Rose. I mean, with everything going on in WWE, but I guess I guess they could do it. I mean, it really makes no sense to turn uh, Adam Rose heel. Like, I I don't really get why. Like, his gimmick just doesn't really lean to a heel kind of dynamic, to be honest. But it's kind of funny. Like, you know, the the bunny. I was actually enjoying this whole like ridiculous bunny storyline. I think it was kind of like funny. I found it funny. Um. You know, especially when involved Heath Slater and him selling for the bunny. He's such a great comedy wrestler, Heath Slater. But okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, I guess we'll see where it goes. I mean, one thing that was just bad for me on SmackDown was Cesaro is dead and buried, my man. He is, he is gone. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's done. Like, there's one thing, like, I'm a huge Cesaro fan. I wrote about him, like, and I wrote an article many months ago about should Cesaro be concerned when he had that storyline where Heyman ditched him, and then all of a sudden he was completely taken out of the mix. And then I saw Hell in a Cell, and I watched that great opener, and like Cesaro literally gave Ziggler everything he had, and he still lost two clean falls. And I'm th- I'm sitting there going, you don't do a match like this and not have at least like you know, at least Cesaro looking good at the end. And they didn't do that. And I just think this is this is this is it for Cesaro. I I personally think, and after him getting buried by Ryback. Oh, I, I don't think know. He, I mean, uh, I think I, there's, I think there's always a way to to bring somebody back. You know, I, I mean, it's sure. I think Cesaro just needs some time off. I, that's, I think, what what it need, what it comes down to. You know, a lot of people are speculating that the reason he's getting quote unquote buried now is that he said something about the Orton and, and Cena thing from uh, Hell in the Cell that you know he's seen yeah, a thousand times. So, I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Maybe I think he just truly has no place right now. You know, where do you put him? He he doesn't really. I mean, you can kind of put him in the authority, I guess. But you know, he kind of made his plea to Kane on SmackDown. Uh, you know, as well, he kind of said that to Kane that you know he he should be considered on Team Authority. Um, I just don't know. I think the best thing for Cesaro right now is you know maybe take some time off, take a couple months off. Hopefully, maybe go to WWE and say you know give me a couple months off and. You know, mm. who knows? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 the one thing I heard about Cesaro from the get-go is that uh, Vince McMahon finds him boring. And once Vince McMahon finds you, finds you boring, you kind of get pigeonholed. And I just got this feeling that he might get pigeonholed. So, particularly right now, as much as I hate to say it, I just think Cesaro is he's going to be well, in, at, this, at this level. He, he is, but there's a way of getting around that, you know? Like, I really yeah. believe there's a way of getting around that. But that was SmackDown, everybody. The good, the bad. There's plenty of it there this week, and uh, we'll be definitely getting back into SmackDown next week. But moving on, Aaron was uh, was TNA, TNA good or TNA awful? Do you get what I said? TNA awful? See how I do yeah, that? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It- um- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen to <laughs> I- I- go on. Uh- <laughs> I think it was pretty good. I'll go with TNA good. I think, you know, there was some good dynamics. Um, I thought from top to bottom, the show was really 
just a well paced. You know what I mean? Like it was just solid match after solid match after solid match, and then a good mixture of, of, of segments and promos. I thought, you know, and we kind of touched on this off air that you know, you know, no matter how many times TNA puts on a good show, they can put on a good show every week for a year, and people still won't watch because there's this a, there's a stigma attached to them. There's this there's this weird thing where nobody wants to watch them anymore. And, and that's kind of a sad thing because they're, you know, they're putting on good shows. I mean, the whole, the whole show for me was pretty good. You know, I love the, mm-hmm. the, the Samuel Shaw and Gunner thing. We kind of have different, different opinions on that. Um, I love the Rockstar Spud and Ethan Carter. The third feud, I'm loving Bram. Bram is becoming my favorite TNA person, uh, you know, yes. character. I love his, his intensity. He's kind of, you know, pro- proclaiming himself as the king of hardcore now. I love what they're doing with all their talent. Yeah. I, I, there's so many good positives coming out of TNA. You watch the show as a, and as a standalone show every week, it's not, it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be in 2010 and 2009 and the Russo eras and all that stuff where Bischoff and Hogan were doing, were, were controlling the book. It's nowhere near as bad as it used to be. It's really solid stuff. There's so many good things to take out of it that you just kind of, it's just a shame that, that uh, TNA is in the shape that it's in, like that, that we, we, now we're hearing that it may not even make it to the end of the year, that we're going to see reruns of the show by the time we hit about, you know, December, like, I just ah, it, it's such such a shame. Like the minute the show starts, the first thing I get is a is an amazing video package putting over Bobby Roode's uh, world title win last week. I may not agree with the fact that they took the title off Lashley, but god damn, do they make Bobby Lashley? Uh, sorry, Bobby Roode look amazing. And and, and and there's a lot of examples like that. The last week was they did a tremendous job using these video packages to build up to the match. And I like to, I, I, I don't know if you're a big fan of it, uh, Aaron, you probably are, but that video package of Lashley training with mm-hmm. a championship belt, and he's wearing the championship belt, and he's got in front of a treadmill, and he's running with it. Like, those video packages are awesome. Like, they make the guy look at a million dollars. And, like, and like yeah, there's just so many points like that that, 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 that uh, happen. Personally, I don't like the Samuel Shaw storyline i it, yes they've given it time yes they've explained it you know i, I get why you know i get uh, where where they're going but i just think it's so hokey cat samuel shaw is a psycho character and he's just he's just so indie riffic with his promos and oh man britney's like overacting to the bullshit and i just feel sorry for gunner because gunner's great gunner's he's got the great look he's got the army background he's got a good uh, vocabulary behind him I just, just, I just, I think it's just the downside of the show for me. But it's just hokey pro wrestling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do get that. I, I do get that feeling from that feud. So, I, you know, I, I do see where you're coming from from with that. But I just like the Sabian Shaw kind of creepiness and in the, in the kind of mental patient thing. I think this this storyline has some legs where it can go on for a little while. Um, and yeah. you know, I, I just I like so. it. I, I think I do agree that Gunner needs to be kind of used a little better. I don't know if Gunner is the guy to do this feud with. You know, I, I understand he was the guy that pulled out Samuel Shaw, but I think Gunner's not really – he doesn't really fit into this feud. You know what I mean? Like, he should be playing something else. I think, you know, someone like Eric Young or someone like that should be kind of in Gunner's spot with this feud. But, you know, yes. uh, you know, like you said. Yeah, I, I again, I, I'll go I'll go TNA good. I mean, I made, I made the segment of the show purely because I thought it's going to be like TNA or for every week. And I've been finding myself saying it's actually great. And one, th- and one thing we should just t- very quickly talk about, like how good was the Hardys versus Loki and Joe? Oh yeah. 
Amazing. Awesome. Awesome match. Like, yeah, as, as I said, so many good points to take away from uh, from this week's uh, show. So I'm, I'm, I'm going TNA good. I have to. There's no way you can get around with it. But uh, um, so talk to me. Um, matches of the week. Let's get into our very quick rundown of matches of the week. Uh, third to first, what was what was your favorites? Um, my first match of the week was uh, Loki and Samoa Joe versus the Hardy Boys. I, I think you know you just said it. it, it the, the match was incredible. Such good storytelling. Some really cool spots from Loki. Um, you know, I, I'm the only person I really just am disappointed in, and you know, it's it's kind of a, a little off topic. But Samoa Joe, I really just he's really just let himself go the last couple of years physically, and I think you know, in a lot of people, I should I, I'm the last one that should be commenting on that, but. I just feel like when you have to wear when you have to wear a t-shirt to the ring, it's a little embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like he, he used to not yeah. wear the t-shirt. Similar with Sting in, in his late years in TNA, he had to wear a t-shirt to the ring. Like I just oh, hate, I just hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, no, I don't like when you're in a ring. You should be wearing wrestling gear. No t-shirts. You know, it, it just it's that's just a little nitpicking thing. But as far as the match, great spots by low key. Uh, I thought the Hardys looked real strong. I love that they're kind of doing this kind of, um, not farewell tour, but kind of one more time where the Hardys are together for a long period of time. I really like this instead of being singles wrestlers. So um, I felt like this was the best match of the week. Sure. I mean, my favorite match of the week was the Hardys versus Loki as well. Um, Loki and Joe. Uh, you can't get around it. Like Matt Hardy went on record a few weeks ago saying that like you know he's having the best best time of his career wrestling, uh, doing the indie indie shows, wrestling at ROH, uh, and um, I tell you what, you know, the Hardys having good times. That I feel like they're kind of like reinvigorated as of late. Like the music's great. I like the theme music. I think the match is always good. They're no, they're, they're never really predictable. I, I they have predictable spots because I've been watching them for almost uh, you know uh, almost twenty years. But like, god damn it, they 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 always click. And Loki's always great. I mean, I've seen them. I'm see I've seen Loki at many house uh, many indie shows that I've been to. Great stuff. I mean, second match for me was Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins, and the third match. Of the week was Sami Zayn versus Tyler Breeze from NXT. Uh, what, 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 what was your uh, second and third? You got you got me the same one. I have the same three. <laughs> there you go. I mean, See, I, they were all tremendous. All three matches were tremendous. The Randy Orton, Seth Rollins thing we kind of spoke about, where you know there could have been a better finish to that. But as far as the match itself, that was tremendous. Yes. Oh. As I knew they were going to have a good match, you just you, you just knew it. Again, I just I just. Well, I've already seen it now, so I don't know if like I I just don't have the same uh, need to see it. I mean, I'm I'm I don't want to get into it again, but you know, like you're building up to a, a one-on-one confrontation, and they were doing a great job with Randy Orton, this new reinvigorated Randy Orton, and I just thought the natural progression was like, oh, it's almost like WWE's like, okay, Survivor Series is going to be a multi-man match. We need to have the blow-off matches now, so when we have the multi-man match, you know what I mean? I know. Anyway, yeah. I could run about Randy Watton versus Seth Rollins for ages. Okay, so very quickly, the podcast of the week. Uh, I listened to Talk is Jericho this week, and uh, he interviewed Dolph Ziggler, the long-awaited uh, interview with Dolph Ziggler. And, uh, yeah, a very interesting kind of interview that, that went down here. Um, let me just try and bring up the audio clips that I just loaded up. I don't know if I can actually see them, but if not... And they're actually not here, but that's all right. If you if you guys go to Podcast One, they are literally sitting there ready to be listened 
to. And uh, it's really interesting document, uh, really interesting interview. It's a two-parter. I listened to the first part. Um, he talked about his relationship with the crowd and the importance of audience participation. And uh, I wrote an article about that in regards to Rusev and Rock. Uh, having that little uh, little confrontation two two weeks ago, well, I don't know how long ago, long ago it was, but how the importance of the crowd kind of like enhances and and uh, enhances a match. And he and Jericho kind of bounce back about this idea, and it's really really interesting. The uh, kind of points they bring up, um, they they go into his relationship with Vince McMahon, uh, and uh, the importance of maintaining that that uh, relationship. Uh, and how like uh, Ziggler found it very intimidating, still finds it very intimidating. It's a work in progress. He admits that he's a bit of a dick uh, backstage, uh, but yeah, really kind of interesting insight into that kind of side of side of things. And then uh, he uh, actually provided uh, some information about how he learned how to bump, because obviously one thing about told Ziggler is that he bumps like a maniac. Well, apparently, I don't know if you knew this, Aaron, but apparently, like, he, he emulated the way Mick Foley learned to bump. And he did so by uh, falling off the hood of his car onto concrete. Over and over wow. again. Yeah. And then he went, he, he went into the gymnasium and he was always doing flat back bumps, bumps on these really, really thin mats like they do have outside the ring. And he'd just do that over and over again and learn how to bump before his tryout. Now, of course, he completely screwed up his back and he had like, you know, golf balls all the size of like, you know, huge, huge bumps all over his back. But that's how he learned how to bump. I, did you know that? I, I didn't. I mean, that's crazy to even think about that. Yeah. He, he, falling off cars. Imagine one guy like sitting outside a gym just falling off his car. I don't know. I'm learning how to be, become a pro wrestler. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, no, a very interesting interview, guys. Part one and part two are up there right now on podcast one. Uh, again, just like you, just like you did when you subscribed to a PWP Radio, uh, it's all up there. Um, the, the, uh, elsewhere, we have got the Ross Report. Um, Jim Ross interviewed the the Four Horsemen's JJ Dillon uh, this week, which was a very interesting listen. And uh, the Steve Austin Show. Both shows kind of like dealt with fan questions and uh, Austin stories from the road. Um, again, it's not not your typical kind of like interview show. Like he, he like he did interview Ric Flair last week. Um, which was very interesting. But again, like Austin has a much more kind of like uh, conversational kind of structure to his show. So, so yeah, that is the podcast of the week with Dolph Ziggler. Now, Aaron, mm-hmm. we, you, you uh, chose a, a match to visit from the vault this week. So which match did you choose? Well, I had to open up the vault, kind of uh, put in my passcode and, and I went, you know, surfing for some, uh, you know, just a match that kind of, I wanted to pick a match that wasn't too long, that you don't have to sit there and watch for 45 minutes. Um, this match, Triple H versus Goldust Raw 2003 on March 17th. This was kind of toward, going toward the buildup of um, Booker T versus Triple H at WrestleMania 19. Uh, you know, solid match, about 11 minutes long, the entire video. You can find it on WWE's uh, YouTube page. Um, just a solid match. And, uh, you know, th- this really goes to show that how great it really highlighted gold busts and, you know, Dustin Rhodes, his ability in the ring, you know, he was kind of using, uh, this was just a couple of weeks after he got electrocuted. The, you know, the storyline where he got electrocuted, um, he was kind of, you know, convulsing in the ring, you know, here and there. And it was just a really good dynamic. Um, Booker T and Rick Flair on the outside really added to, um, to the match itself. And we got to see Randy Orton kind of help out Triple H and, and, and Flair with, uh, with a crutch going across, uh, Booker T's back and kind of in result 
uh, Triple H ended up winning the match, and uh, you know, kind of the show went off the air as uh, Triple H and Ric Flair uh, celebrated with the world title. So I felt like this match was just a really solid match, and uh, just you know, kind of easy to check out, only 11 minutes long. And that match can be found on the uh, WWE uh, YouTube page. Uh, and one thing I discovered in watching this match myself is that there's actually a ton of really good full-length matches up there. So if you don't have the WWE Network and you want to handpick some good matches, uh, check it out. There's so many really good matches. Like one thing I found that I want I want to watch. Maybe maybe we'll do this match next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, mm-hmm. There's Eddie Guerrero versus Edge and, and that notice qualification war that they had in 2002. The one where uh, I think Edge actually got his when he started actually getting his neck problems. And you watch this match and you'll find out why. Awesome match, yeah. So there's some really good matches up there on the YouTube channel for WWE. So definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the spotlight of the week. This is going to be a new segment uh, that Aaron has introduced to the show. Just explain what 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 what's going to be going on here. Well, each week we're going to kind of pose a question to you guys, fans uh, who's listening. And this week's spotlight segment or poll question of the week is will the WWE Network get to 1 million subscribers by the Royal Rumble? Now, of course, the Royal Rumble is kind of when WWE starts to pick up and a lot of people that have been taking breaks kind of come back, um, and you know maybe those people will subscribe to the network. Joel, do you think they'll get to 1 million? Absolutely not. I just... I, I, I like with the with the way they're promoting this like this this free month for WWE. I just I just don't see it happening. I mean, like, sure we're gonna get a spike um, um, for a rumble. I guess we like it is a little bit of an unknown. I mean, like we we haven't had the WWE Network available for the Royal Rumble before. This is the first year that we're gonna have it. Is mm-hmm. like I think it's gonna be a good indicator to see if the Royal Rumble actually draws. Uh, new viewerships. Like this isn't just viewers. This is subscribers. This isn't just. This isn't just for one event. You know, like this is people are going to sign up and expect a service. This isn't. It's not just one event. So, I, I, I think there's a lot of unknowns. But I'm just. I have to just go with no. Like, like, like WWE has just done a terrible, terrible job of trying to make fans care. It's, it's been all over the place. It's been up and down. I just. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. Well, I think here's the big question, really. The question should be, can WWE maintain 1 million? Once they get to 1 million, can they maintain that level of a million? Will people start to cancel? That's the, that's really the, the, the hard thing about gaining subscribers. Like you said, the difference between the viewer and the subscriber is you have to be able to keep that subscriber and make sure they keep renewing their, their deal. Um, by the Royal Rumble, that's really tough. That means they have to get 300,000. You know, the UK still doesn't have the network. Only 20% of Canada has the network right now. They're apparently they're working on making it available throughout Canada. I don't know if Canada and the UK can pull together 300,000. I just don't see that happening. Um, but it's, it's definitely kind of up there. I remember I had the network throughout WrestleMania. And, I mean, you know, some of the content they put up there during WrestleMania week was incredible. Each day they had, um, you know, kind of a WrestleMania access day with two hours of them just sitting in access, uh, you know, jo- uh, Josh Matthews and, and Alex Riley and just kind of talking. You know, it was, I felt like a really cool addition to the network. I think, you know, as we get into WrestleMania, there are going to be some cool additions to the network. So I hope they can get to 1 million. I'm rooting for them, uh, but I don't know if they can do it. Yeah, I just want to make one thing perfectly clear. Like, 
I want the WWE Network to succeed. I like the WWE Network. I think, like, like I just got done watching Russell War 92 that were the Sting Squadron versus the, the Dangerous Alliance, Paulie, Paul Heyman's old stable from WCW. It's just so great. Like, it's so great to have that at the touch of your fingers. Like, I really want it to succeed. Um, I just I hope that WWE kind of gets their facilities all in order and, and they do get to where, where they need to go to make the make the WWE Network something that's going to be profitable. Uh, hopefully, it just doesn't end up like a WWE's 24-7 on-demand service. Let's just hope it doesn't end up like that way. Nope. But, uh, yeah, so by, by all means, guys and girls, uh, Tweet us at uh, at Wrestling R Break and uh, Aaron. What's your Twitter account? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron Aaron spelled E R O N underscore P W P. Yeah, so just send, send us what you think. What do you think? Do you think uh, WWE will make it to one million subscribers by the time we hit the Royal Rumble? Uh, and and just tweet us and tell us why. And, and tell us why you think you're the way you think because uh, uh, we want we want to know. We want to know for the spotlight segment. So. This is pretty much all we have time for tonight, everybody. So, as always, thank you so much for listening, wherever you may be out there in Pro Wrestling Radio Land. And uh, thank you, Aaron, for your contributions uh, today uh, for the, for for Wrestling's Week that was. And uh, I'm sure the future looks really, really bright. And let's let's hopefully we, we can make a go of this. Absolutely, it was. A, I felt like a good show, and hopefully, we can keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just uh, I'll, I'll use this time to plug it very, very quickly. I will be at WrestleMania 31 in Santa Clara uh, next year in March. Uh, do expect a ton of radio content to be coming out via this show. Uh, we will be covering all the events. I'll be doing day, day recaps, hopefully with Aaron every single day. Uh, so that's uh, something different to look forward to. And we, we, you never know, we might have some interviews and uh, some little interactive stuff that will get you guys involved in and maybe some really good interviews with some of your favorite WWE and uh, pro wrestling talent that's going to be available. So that's definitely something to, something to look forward to. But in the meantime, if you like our points of views, you'll be sure to like our articles. Me and Aaron produce at least four, sometimes five articles a week on a variety of pro wrestling topics that can be easily access, uh, easily accessed uh, on prowrestlingpowerhouse.com. Not only that, but me and Aaron have the privilege to help edit and produce content from a massive writing team that is constantly churning out topical WWE, TNA, and indie discussion points for you, the wrestling fans. So, and that's exclusively on prowrestlingpowerhouse.com. So, if you haven't checked us out, check us out. And if you want to reach me or Aaron, it's easy. Just follow follow me as uh, follow me at Wrestling R Break, and you can follow uh, Aaron at Aaron underscore PWP. Uh, exactly right. So, uh, and, and uh, just tell us what you think about this about this show or anything really on pro wrestling that's on your mind. Uh, remember, any feedback's good feedback. That's the way we grow. If there's something you don't like, if there's something you do like, throw us a tweet yeah, and tell us what you think. Um, and yeah, that's all we have time for tonight. So once again, thanks very much for listening, and we will catch you on the next Wrestling's Week That Was. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.